When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Red Sox win it! Christian Vasquez! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Mason Emmanuel Sanders, touchdown Bills. That should just about do it. The Rich Eisen Show. I didn't see this coming. Uh, Not tonight. We didn't handle ourselves the right way. Still to come. The Ringer NFL writer, Kevin Clark. Chargers running back, Austin Eckler. Plus, your phone calls, complete NFL Sunday recap, and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. Spoke at length uh, in hour number one about uh, how I needed to see what the Bills could do to the Chiefs. I needed to see it before I could believe it. I'm now a believer. I saw it last night. They are the best team in the AFC. Uh, I know the Chargers might go point for point with them. I don't know if they'll be able to stop the, 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 the offense that the Bills just threw on the Chiefs. But their defense has got to be better than the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Huh. <laughs> Pretty much any defense is better than the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I know Seattle's been somewhat porous and has given up more yards in their games. But in terms of yards per play, I mentioned this earlier on. I still can't believe it. The Chiefs defense gives up 7.1 yards per play. That's You can't even say that's unsustainable. That Saying just merely calling it unsustainable is unsustainable in and of itself. <laughs> And then you toss in 11 turnovers tied with the Jaguars for the most in the NFL through five weeks. It's remarkable they're two and three. And not one and four or even worse. Chiefs are in trouble. Bills look good. Cowboys put the bang thing on again. We talked about how the Steelers were as impressive as they've looked offensively all season long. And now Juju Smith-Schuster's out for the year. He had surgery on the shoulder that knocked him out of yesterday's win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Arizona Cardinals, still the only undefeated team in the NFL. And you could make a case that that was their most impressive win yet because Kyler Murray wasn't going off. Not going off at all. And, and, and Trey Lance was getting his yards, man. He was getting his yards and somehow, some way, presto, the Arizona Cardinals won that game against the San Francisco 49ers at home. The first... NFC West team in four chances to win a home game against a division opponent. The road teams, including the Thursday night kickoff of week five in the NFC West, all 3-0. Niners almost made it 4-0. We'll keep an eye on all that with Trey Lance as they go through their bye week. This is an upcoming week, and the NFL is the first bye week for many. 
and our uh, bracketology that we've thrown up on our Twitter feed at Rich Eisen Show. Chris Brockman has put up all four brackets because we decided that we would talk about the craziness of this weekend, the October madness through brackets. Put it up one more time, Hoskins. The 1-8 game, if you will, is the Rays ground rule double in the 13th versus Yasmani Grandal deflecting a ball with his shoulder, and that was allowed to stand. That's your 1-8 game. Your 3-6 game is the Bengals missing a field goal in overtime, but it still hit the flag for the wind. The Sooners' walk-off touchdown run is the 3-6 game. The 4-5 game is AM beating Alabama with no time left and the Lions losing on a last-second field goal again. The Browns dragging Austin Eckler in the end zone for the final touchdown of a 41-point fourth quarter. A team who wins that offensive contest not wanting to score but scoring and the defense allowing them to by dragging him in the end zone because they wanted the ball back. And then there's rounds three and four of the Fury-Wilder championship bout that was taken by Tyson Fury. And to talk about that and all the football that went down this weekend is none other than Kevin Clark of The Ringer back here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing great. A lot of sports to take in, Rich. No question. That's that's why we put it in a bracket, you know? <laughs> that's why we had to put it in a bracket. The only way. So four things you got to throw in the bracket. I will give you the floor on uh, the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight uh, that went down on Saturday night. What were your thoughts taking that one in, Kevin? Well, I, I thought it was going to go. Actually, I, I might might have been the only person who thought it was going to go that way. Uh, Deontay Wilder became vastly underrated in the past nineteen months, Rich. Um, I mean, it's a little bit like a football team where we see them lose one game and, and, and we just sort of get off the bandwagon. Wilder still was the hardest puncher in the sport. Tyson Fury was talking about that going into the the, the, the third uh, fight last week. He was saying, "Guys, Deontay Wilder still has the hardest right hand in boxing." Um, and so this was always on the table that he was going to change his game plan a little bit. Um, he was more aggressive. He only landed nine jabs, but he threw them. Um, he changed his game plan a little bit. That's what he had to do. Um, so Fury's the better boxer. If they fought 100 times, Fury would win the vast majority of them. Um, but I was not surprised there were some knockdowns because when Deontay Wilder gets in the ring with a guy, he knocks him down. That's how it normally happens. And now Wilder knocked him down in two of the three fights they've had. They're not going to have another fight, I assume. Um, but we saw uh, boxing at its best, basically. And, and uh, we saw what, uh, you know, over the three fights that you guys have had, we saw how uh, boxers can change, the world can change, the sport can change. Um, I, I, I loved it. And, uh, I mean, when when – Wilder knocked down Fury. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just can't, I still can't get enough of the constant that appears to be with these fights is the, num- the amount of seconds that Fury gets to get off the yeah. canvas. It happened again, do you think, with these two fighters? What do you think, that he got too, many, too much time to yeah. get up? What do you think there? I mean, I, listen, I, there's so many in heavyweight boxing, in high level heavyweight boxing, Rich, there are so many questions going back to 1920s uh, about long counts, right? And I think the guys get, you saw that Anthony, when Anthony Joshua lost to Andy Ruiz uh, in their first fight uh, three Junes ago, um, they, people were saying Joshua was getting, you know, 17 seconds in some cases to actually re engage. Um, because he kept getting knocked down. He was the heavyweight champion in the world. Um, so it's a gray area. I mean, I think there's still people who argue, Rich, in the first fight that with the fact that Tyson Fury, basically his eyes were closed, that that should have been waved off and was a, 
uh, you know, was a knockout. Um, people have argued that. Deontay Wilder has, has argued that. Jack Reese, the referee, said it was the best call in his career to let that go. Um, so it's always a bit of a gray area. I thought it was a long count, uh, but that's just high-level heavyweight boxing. It's all it, – but rules are meant to be uh, – Bended, uh, bent in uh, in heavyweight, high level boxing. Afterwards, Fury said that he uh, told Wilder essentially good fight, and Wilder said, "I'm not going to yeah. do anything what uh, respectful or no, 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 no sportsmanship. sportsmanship." Is what he said. Right. No sportsmanship. What's up with that? Uh, it's a good lesson. Uh, you know, listen. So I was at the second fight. I was at the first fight too, but I was at the second fight where Wilder lost, and. I went over to the tunnel to watch him walk back in, and he looked as defeated as any athlete I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I've, I've been in post-Super uh, Bowl locker rooms after a team lost. Um, I've been in, in some pretty heavy-duty uh, places as far as emotions go, and I've never seen somebody as upset as Wilder. I think that Wilder's ego was tied into the fact that he had knocked 40 guys out. And anybody he'd ever been in the ring with, he had knocked out. Even if he didn't knock them out the first time, he would fight them again and knock them out then. Um, I've spent some time with Deontay Wilder. He's this swaggering personality. And I kind of think at age 35, he's not ready to consider himself anything other than that guy, than the guy who knocks people out whenever he gets in the ring with them. And I think he's having a tough time adjusting to this reality. And that is why I think you've seen him act a little pouty. Not a little pouty, a lot pouty mm-hmm. uh, in, the two, in the two losses he's had. So where does Fury now stand in terms of all time? One of the greatest? Oh, he's up think? there. He's up there. He's, he's gonna. I, I don't know. I mean, Usyk, who, who beat Anthony Joshua a couple weeks ago, now has the heavyweight championships. That fight's still out there. I mean, Fury. Everybody's been talking about what happens with Anthony, when Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury get in the same ring. Uh, they're both English. They're both hugely famous. You can sell out, you know, a ninety thousand seat stadium over there. It's going to be a route. I mean, it is going to be a route. Tyson Fury would destroy Anthony Joshua right now if they fought, unless Joshua makes huge changes to his game, which I don't see coming. Um, so. He's up there with the all-time greats. He's going to dominate this era of heavyweight. You know, he's talked about wanting to retire after a couple more fights. He's only 33. I don't see it, but I also see that I just don't – I see maybe only two heavyweights capable of even giving him an interesting fight. So uh, I, there's not a lot for him out there. He's really, really good. He beat Klitschko. He beat Wilder. Uh, he's going to beat Joshua. He'll beat Usyk. Yeah, he's dominating in this era. Well, what about the fact that nobody thought that, that another heavyweight era was going to matter? Right. I mean, let's be honest, because this we're we're now in the we're now in the era of UFC. We're now in the era of there's 50 million ways to take things. And I'm holding up my phone right here. You know, there's and there's so many different ways for us to not pay attention to something that we 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 even get a sniff of the fact that is irrelevant. And then his own personal journey. I mean, uh, I retweeted a video of of his honest soliloquy when he was here uh two years ago about wanting to kill himself and he's how he still battles mental health and how he is in this 21st century you know uh, a guy who looks like he's straight out of a a guy Ritchie movie who's going to be right. you know you know lock stock and two vinnie jones you know uh, right. that he comes across and he talks about mental health and he sings to fans after he wins he serenades yeah. them I, I mean talk about it shot in the arm and what he means to the sport it, it really is incredible he's one of the all-time greats you got to give it up you know boxing boxing is always going to be personality driven and it was funny because they're not funny but uh what my wife and i went to the first fight as a fan quite frankly um it was in la and i just bought a ticket and to illustrate kind of the journey 
I showed her the um, the video the, 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 when, when, when Tyson was in your uh, studio, mm-hmm. and she was all in after that because she understood the journey. And that's what boxing is about. On, on the other side, Wilder was going through all of this because he wanted to support his daughter. Um, he, he was a, a beer delivery guy, and he went into a, a, a boxing gym and thought he could fight, and he could. And I think that at its best, boxing has the best stories because it's just so real and raw and there's no hiding. And that's, I think, part of the reason Wilder can't take losing is there's just no hiding from it. You can't blame it on a coach. You can't blame it on an offensive line. It's you and the other guy. Um, And I think that the heavyweight division can matter if there's two, three good fights that everybody gets into. I think that it was really hard. Listen, I was, again, I was at the first fight uh, just as a supporter of, of boxing in L.A., and it was not sold out between Wilder and Fury. I don't think a lot of people cared. Then they had that epic match. It built on itself. I went to the second one as a journalist. DiCaprio was there. Mahomes was there. Yeah. Kilo Mack was there. It became a huge, huge thing. I did, not, I did not see Mahomes and DiCaprio with the first one at the Staples Center, okay? But boxing has a way of building on itself. And that's what you have to give these two guys credit for, is they, they entertained us so much they got us talking about heavyweight boxing again. When, frankly, I, I'm with you. I thought it was going to be boxing was going to be more middleweights, more featherweights, more welterweights. Uh, heavyweight, bo- heavyweight boxing for right now is back. Brockman and TJ were at that first fight. I don't know if you yeah. if they you, were you not close to. Uh, well, we ran into we ran into no. seven in the lobby. But, yeah. yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Clark, you ran into them there in yeah. the rotunda. Famously, the rotunda. famously, yeah. Brockman said he wanted to bet on a draw and didn't do it. And didn't do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is. I think such, I might have talked him out of it. That is. By the way, that is <laughs> so on brand. I, I can't tell you how on brand that is. Yep. That's amazing. Kevin Clark of the Ringer here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, did you get any sense when you spoke to Mahomes uh, and we're around the Chiefs at all this summer that there was a hangover coming potentially? Because that's that's what this one looks like to me, man. I mean, a, a, a team that's been to the Super Bowl twice and has had you know, and then then lost and and it's you know playing long seasons two years in a row and yeah. Tyreek Hill dropping balls and the the injuries hitting and then the turnovers come that reeks of super bowl hangover what was your gen- general sense of things that could have maybe even given a a window into the 2 and 3 chief start we're now seeing kevin i thought they were trying to avoid a hangover by being proactive. It was really interesting because when I spent time with Mahomes in August, it wasn't that much time, but you know, he had said he watched the Super Bowl basically to learn what he did wrong, even though I think the entire world, including us, thinks he did almost nothing wrong in that game. He just got battered by a bad offensive line and an incredibly fast defense in Tampa Bay. Um, but he was watching it to sort of learn, okay, he thought he was bailing from a clean pocket too often. He made some mistakes. He, he thought once he got hit, he started going uh, through his reads less and less and not making the right play. Uh, right now with the Chiefs, this is a defensive problem. Josh Allen last night on, on passes over 20 yards was 5 of 6 for 213 yards, no interceptions, perfect passer rating. Um, this is a disaster right now for the Kansas City Chiefs and their defense. Um, I don't know how you fix it. Uh, there's no, you know, people were asking me last night on Twitter, is there a move they can make? Well, you know, shut down corners or top safeties, or, you know, somebody to replace Daniel Sorensen. Those guys are not exactly on the open market in October, so it's going to be tough for them. Um, but this was bad. I mean, Chris Jones, and you know, we talk about it all the time. Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah calls it Jenga pieces, where you, you remove a guy and you find out very quickly how important he is. Chris Jones is obviously 
we knew he was great, but to see the lack of pass rush last night when Chris Jones was out was actually quite startling. Um, and then beyond that, they just couldn't get, get anything going. Um, this was bad, and, and I don't know how you fix it in the sense that I don't know how you get back to being one of the AFC's top teams when this conference is really, really good. The Bills are great. Um, the Chargers look awesome. Um, the Bills, by the way, I mean, they game-planned. They changed their whole personnel for this. I was with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott in, uh, in August as well, and, they, and Bean told me that one of the reasons they took two pass rushers with their first two picks in the draft was because they watched the tape of Kansas City and they wanted to gear themselves towards that AFC championship game and, and, and where they came up short and try to get over that hump. They, they put a target on the Chiefs, and the fact that they won this game in such a resounding fashion – has to be a massive, massive emotional. I know everybody says, oh, you want to win every game, whatever. I'm like, they, they really, the, the amount of time in Buffalo, I heard people talk about the Chiefs, uh, told me that they, they built their season around this kind of thing. Well, I mean, it, it's remarkable, Kevin, that the Bills have achieved a, a certain level uh, of, of just needing to fine-tune their roster in the offseason with a specific target in mind, the only one that could prevent them from getting to where they want to go. It's interesting you mentioned the Chargers because defensively I'm concerned about them as well, you know, um, and the Browns just put 42 on them, yeah. you know. Um, the Derek Carr put um, put put a, a third quarter on them in, in, on the Monday nighter that almost cost them the game. Yep. They do have a tremendous quarterback. Who do you think could be the team that – what about the Ravens who we see tonight? I mean, who, yeah. what what team do you think would prevent the Bills? Because it sure is not coming from within the house in the AFC East, that's for sure. And, you know? Yeah, I'm ready to rule out the AFC East um, outside of Buffalo. But, no, it's funny. It would be a kind of a great irony if, if the Bills spent all of this time trying to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs and they don't even face them in the playoffs, right? Um, so I think that that's the tier right now. I'd go Bills number one. I would say the Chargers right behind that right now. Maybe that's recency bias. They probably should have lost yesterday, but they, they won. And I think that, you know, I saw that stat. I don't know if you saw it. The Browns are the first team in history to score 40 points, not turn the ball over, and lose. Before this, teams were 463-0 and 0 in those situations, mm. okay? Um, the Browns played a perfect game. Uh, they just made a couple mistakes. Baker ran a really bad two-minute. There was a very, very, very fishy uh, defensive pass interference call at one point. Um, but winning games you should lose is a hallmark of a good team and a special team. I love Brandon Staley. I love Justin Herbert. I love that roster. I think the defense has problems. But so does almost every defense in the NFL right now. So I put the Chargers right beyond that, and then I would put the Ravens on that tier too. I really want to see what they look like tonight. Um, but I'm, I'm extremely willing to be talked into to the Ravens as an AFC contender. But right now, it's Buffalo and everybody else. So then uh, uh, break down the NFC for me in your estimation because that NFC has already put to bed five weeks in. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I, I think that it's interesting because I think that what we saw from the Bucks last year – tells me that I want to hold off on any judgments on them. And it's interesting because there, there's just, a, there's just a, a threshold with the cornerbacks where it becomes too much to win a Super Bowl if you don't have them. But I don't know what that is. It's almost like what we saw with the Chiefs in the offensive line play last year, right, 
where it was we didn't understand how bad it was going to be until we saw it in the field one day and said, oh, wow, they don't have, a, they don't have an offensive line to protect Patrick Mahomes anymore, and it's the biggest game of the year. Um, and so I'm waiting to see on the health of their defense. I don't think Richard Sherman is going to be a high-level guy um, if they have to actually depend on him to make huge plays. If he's just a depth guy and yet you put him in certain spots, I'm fine with that. It's a low-risk maneuver. Um, but if he's what you're depending on, that's a different equation. For me right now, it's the Cowboys, and this is a tier, so I'm not ranking these, these teams, but I'm saying Cowboys, Cardinals, Rams, Packers, Bucks. And I, depending on the day, I, I, I move that around. But, you know, on our podcast, I'll send the regular NFL show. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys won the NFC. You know what? Um, you said that to us in the, su- you know, yeah. in, in, in the summer, and I saw yeah. you retweeted my soliloquy from a couple weeks ago saying it's time for me to give the Cowboys what they – you know, I'm not one of those members of the media that won't give them their due when they deserve it. And you said, hey, uh, I told you they were your they, they were surprise team in the summer. I saw that tweet, Kevin. Hey, I saw I'm, it. I'm just, I'm just reminding the people. What's funny about it, Rich, is that I didn't even – I talked them up on radio shows, on my podcast, on video, whatever. Talked them up for eight months. And then the week it came time to actually have NFL predictions on our site was the week that Dak was out and that Jerry Jones is calling the Texas Rangers about – Dak's shoulder, and I was like, this all seems a little weird. So I didn't even pick them to win the division. <laughs> I spent eight months talking about this, and then like the next week I was like, oh, no, They're, they look amazing. Uh, I go to the Super Bowl. So I talked myself out of oh, my own pick Kevin. that I'd spent eight months trying to convince uh, other people of. Oh, <laughs> Kevin, come on. I feel for you, brother, because I – you know, I thought Washington football team's going to do it too. The Eagles just had a nice win, but I, I, the Cowboys are, are clearly the class of the of the NFC. Uh, thanks for the call, Kevin. I'm glad. Uh, always uh, love picking your brain, and certainly I know you're a boxing guy too. To have you on a, a special day like today after Fury and Wilder, and then on top of it, you know, I saw your Twitter feed earlier this morning. I'm at least saving you from uh, this concept of uh, your tweet, what's the best college football scheme podcast? And I'm trying uh, to learn, Rick. Kevin, 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 you need a hobby. Break out of it. I say this on behalf of your wife, who I've never met. Come on now. Come on. Come on. She's lovely. What's that? I will say this. It's because <laughs> University of Miami is probably going to fire their coach at some point this year, hopefully, and I just want to get an understanding of what's going on at that level. Um, so there's a reason for it, but on okay. the other hand, it's a deeply pathetic tweet. I'm sorry, Rich. No, I just want to – Just I'm trying to help you. You know what I mean? I'm trying to help you. You know, just watch Ted Lasso if you already haven't. I'm sure. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Kevin. Okay? Thanks, bud. All Thanks right, that's Kevin Clark, everybody from The Ringer. At by Kevin Clark. What's the best college football <laughs> scheme podcast? Scheme I podcast. mean, good, good. That is so deep. Oh, my gosh. It's not even playable. That's how deep it is. <laughs> Not play. I mean, I like sports. I don't think I like yeah, sports that like, much. Like that <laughs> he's got a wife. I mean, he's got a, he has life. a wife. He, has a wife. he just moved. He moved back to the East Coast. Okay, very like, good. I mean, he's got a life. Very good. So, how about this? Let's just linger on this for a second. Where do you want to be in the NFL? Here's where you want to be. You want to be taken care of at quarterback. Right? You want to check that box, right? Where you know you got the right one. We're all just, let's exhale. We are not evaluating another quarterback for a very long time. We are off that train of trying to get that quarterback, trying to fill in that blank of the sentence that is hangs over so many franchises. Who's going to be the next fill in the blank, right? Trying to get that quarterback 
you want to check that box. You want to check the box of the coach. You want to check the box of the general manager. You want to check that box. You want to check the box of ownership, but we all know fans have no control over that sort of thing, right? You want to, cont- you want, you want to check those boxes, and then you want your defense and the rest of your team to be good enough where you've got a shot to win it all. You want to check that box. And then you want to check the box. This is such a rare box to check. We're so set in our roster. We're just going to fine-tune to beat that one team that's right in front of us. Because we're late to the party in terms of timing's everything. You know, this team's already arrived where we want to go. But we know which team it is. And we are going to draft. We are going to massage the roster to beat that one team. That's where you want to be. I, 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 I would, I, I would love my Jets to be anywhere. We're, we're, we're kind of wondering if we check the box, the quarterback. That's how far away they are. Even though it's three games in the standings, it is light years between the Jets and the Bills. The Buffalo Bills, the big punchline Buffalo Bills team franchise, big punchline for a quarter century, even including their dynastic. Championship teams. That's the the punchline. Okay. Dynasty. A dynasty. All those years that they lost the Super Bowl four in a row. Punchline. Punchline. Western New York, Buffalo Bills, their fans. Guess what? You want to be where the Bills are. Most likely. Most likely. Cowboys, you've checked the box on your um, quarterback. You checking the box on your coach? You got the right one? Okay. Okay. Are you checking the box on, on, on the general manager and the grocery shopper? I'm going to – I will argue You're checking that point. the box yes. now. Okay, yes. check the box. I will argue all right. that point. All right. We got – first of all, we got digs. You've got your own, you've got your own digs. Yeah, Buffalo's mean, got a digs. you got your digs. Yeah. Okay. So – We draft very honestly, well. Honestly, you're checking the boxes on, on the Bucks, who know that they've got to go shopping for the quarterback at some point again. But – they don't care. Okay. I don't blame them. Yeah. So many, not everybody's checked these boxes. I think the Rams have checked that box. The Rams have checked the box. They, yeah. They've checked the box with that quarterback now. They erased the last one. And they checked it with a new one. You know, Coach, GM, you got that. You got the roster that you like. Stadium. Bills are essentially... No longer that punchline. They are who you want to be. And winning last night, you just heard Kevin Clark say that they were fine-tuning their roster to go hunt the Chiefs, and they hunted. Boy, did they bag that big game last night. And they are taking them back to Buffalo, and they are mounting that on the wall. Let's take a break. Overreaction Monday. More of your phone calls also still to come this hour. Urban Meyer. And Trevor Lawrence, not on the same page. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs 
costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, we just showed you on our Peacock feed, we just showed you Tyson Fury from uh, June of 2019, the one time he was here in studio, talking about his battle with mental health. Um and also getting up off the mat against Wilder, said that he was out for four seconds, realized he had to get up, and he got up right away. I said, what do you say to people? He said, you were out for another seven seconds. <laughs> I hit underneath the desk just watching that I know, back. I know. And TJ and I were there. We were on the floor. We were like 10 rows oh, back. Man. It was one of the craziest, back yeah. me up here, the craziest scenes I've ever been to in my history of going to sporting events. Yeah, I thought the fight was over. over. It was, you, it was I electric. Mean, and and I, I would love for everybody to just go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, to see that entire Fury interview. Or go to our, I'll post it right our, now our, 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 our uh, Twitter feed, at Rich Eisen Show. Um, then you reposted a... Well, I reposted a five-minute clip okay. of him. Yeah, we just heard him yeah. say, you know, I said, what do you say to people when, who, who, who said that you, you needed seven seconds after the four to get up? Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, well, you know... <laughs> I don't pay it any mind, but you know what do they say about somebody who won ten of twelve rounds that night and got a draw? You know, somebody who's battled mental health and yeah. picked myself up off the mat, basically in real life. And then my follow up question was like, what? What is that? Like, what was that struggle with mental health? And then there was a five minute yeah, answer that he that. gave and a back and forth that I had that we put up there, and it's I think the most viewed video we've ever had on oh, Twitter yeah. in the history of our sure. show. And it's Mental Health Awareness Day, so uh, I'll just call everybody's attention to that. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Normally, Chris, we do Overreaction Monday in the middle of this show. Yes. But um, middle of this segment. But here's what I'd, I'd, I'd like to reverse it. Girl first. Well, well, what I'd like to do is take a call and then hit what's going on in Jacksonville, and then we'll get to Overreaction Monday in the final segment of this hour. Sounds great. So let me take this phone call here. Um, Justin in Cleveland, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Justin? Rich, what's going on, man? It's a pleasure to talk to you. I just want to say I, uh, I love you. You're always pro-Cleveland, and not many people are. But <laughs> my question for you is, um, you know, we is it indicative of the Browns' faith in Baker Mayfield as a quarterback with the play calling that came through that last two, the last two drives? You know, I love Baker. 
but why did it take us 50 seconds to move 12 yards downfield? And then secondly, I know you can't let the game be in the hands of the Zebras, but Sky Judge would have been great for that uh, moment. So, Well, I mean, I don't think you're going to get Sky Judge help on a pass interference call, I don't think. You're going to get Sky no. Judge help. How, how many times you see this weekend after we had Pereira on and he basically said you don't know – the number of times that they get in somebody's ear to say that there's a catch, not a catch. It seems perfect like it happened example. a few, though. Perfect example. Did you see Rondell Moore on the sideline for Arizona versus San Francisco? Early, on a deep right? ball, A deep ball in that game, and it was ruled incomplete, and he dragged his feet, yep. and they took a long time mm-hmm. getting that next snap going. I think that they got in their ear and yep. said, that that's a catch. I think so, too. And they changed the ruling on the field, and there was no review, and off we go. Like I'm saying, so I don't know about that. Let me just say this, man. Let me just say this. So you're you're without um, Jarvis Landry, right? And and you tell me, you tell me, Jarvis Landry's out. Odell is still. We're still waiting to see what's going on with him, right? And he's he's basically, you know, what he had two catches for 20 yards yesterday in this game where it was on tilt. Okay. Let me just say, let me just ask you something. If you're without your top two wideouts in the NFL, you're toast, right? In the NFL. And then the quarterback who throws for 300 yards when the other guy almost throws for 400 yards and keeps you in the game and you're going back and forth one after the other, one after the other. We're talking about how great that quarterback is, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, he threw for 300 yards. Top two receivers are out. How come Baker just gets crap? What, what is it? I don't, uh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, and and so I'll ask you. You're there in Cleveland, Justin. Like, would you want Charlie Fry back? You know what I mean? Like, honestly, <laughs> well, do you want the old days back? Because this is a hell of a lot better than anything remotely close to what you had prior to Baker Mayfield. I mean, like, what do you want? You know, I mean, well, you just make a defensive stop every now and then, and and you know. That this is one of those games where if, if the defense actually was able to hold Justin Herbert down and not let Mike Williams behind them and all of that business, then then you win this game, right? And you should have beaten the Chiefs. I I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't place it all on Baker's shoulders the no, way that everyone I, else and does. I, there. I just you know right? it, it, it's definitely all I see on social media. Is it's always pro, you know, it's always against Baker, and it's just. You know, you start letting it get to you as a fan. Like, is it Baker's fault? Can like, I don't know. Need something. All I know you is, know. all I know is, I I I take Baker on the Jets. <laughs> I take him. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I take him. I know what he is. Okay, I know what he is. And what he is, what he is, is a winning quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. He is yet to just do what I guess Herbert did, right? Well, he's not asked to win games. There's a huge difference. Well, yesterday they needed to get into position for a touchdown, right? I mean, and just... But they were still running the football primarily. Like, like if you look at the big plays, you look at the number and see, oh, he had a 70-yard pass. Well, he had a 12-yard pass, and then Joku did the rest. So he's not asked to, like, go out and take over games and kind of dominate. Yeah, but you know how many times this. a quarterback does that? will throw a 10-yard pass, the receiver breaks eight tackles, runs 60. Yeah, I know, like, but everybody gets Oh, he ran seven. Like, everybody he threw a 7-yard bomb. Hey, That's not how that happens. Let me just say this. Yeah. Let me just say this. It's not like Josh Allen, though, throwing bombs Well, that's night, just, You know what I mean? Let me just say this. Baker gets a raw deal, man. He doesn't have Jarvis Landry. He doesn't have Odell Beckham. Any other quarterback in the league, Justin Herbert, if Herbert didn't have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, okay, right? 
if Brady didn't have Evans and Godwin. Well, Brady Hold did it forever with no wide receivers in New well, England. I understand. Yeah, but I'm Tom just Brady's in the just, just saying, <laughs> like, right. If Brady didn't have – I'm just using these examples. If, if, um, if Mahomes didn't have Hill and Kelsey, if Allen didn't have Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders, or Diggs and Knox, who's really going on with a strong – if Murray didn't have Green and DeAndre, I can go on and on and on. And they won a football game or they were in an immoral victory game. We'd be talking about, boy, what a great game for they got. Baker threw for 300 yards and Odell's a shadow of his former self. And Jarvis Landry's out. It's Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins, and David Njoku. Come on now. Like, Honestly. You got the run game. Play defense. Play some defense. If they played some defense. Oh, they should have. I mean. Right? They, the only game where the defense has totally shown up was when they destroyed Justin Fields. Tighten it up on the other side of the ball. And let Baker in the run game win games for you. How does that sound? That's the thing, Rich. With those running backs. What's going on? He doesn't really have to. He's so what got- I'm just saying is like that's the formula for success. They haven't played any games in division yet. Everybody just take a beat. Baker gets crap, man. You know why it is? It's I, the commercials. I don't. So what? They're yeah, actually I, very good. They're great, but you know what? hilarious. But, but you guys know the commercials. You know who I don't miss? I don't miss Aaron Rodgers' agent from all those years. I don't miss that guy with his Bluetooth in his ear. But I don't guys, miss that. You guys Even know Aaron Rodgers, who's great at what he does, made some te- that was terrible commercials with that agent. But that's how people are. When when athletes get commercials, the first thing they say is if they don't do well, it's like, oh, well, you're doing these but commercials. But he does well. He won a playoff game yeah, last Rich, year. He went to Kansas City last year. We're talking year. to rational people. Who, well, these are I'm the things that do. they say. They, they, they get on athletes when they do these commercials and they don't win every week. Like That's just how people are. I'm just saying... Put the commercials aside. Okay, if there's any Browns fans that are sitting here this morning and saying, Baker stinks, what do you want? What do you want? You want Case Keenum in there and see how that works? I'll tell you how it's going to work. Ask Minnesota Vikings fans how that works. I like your Charlie Fry reference. No, but that's what I'm saying. Just ask Joe Thomas. Tell us any of the 90 million quarterbacks that you tried your best to protect, Joe, and ask anybody. It's so much better. The position's stabilized. And guess what? They're going to re-sign him. He's going to get re-signed. He might not make Allen money, but he's going to get re-signed. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just because so many people in our business love making hay and bones on this kid's backwards cap stuff and not shaking, you know, Hugh Jackson's hand. What do you want him to shake his hand after he gave Terod Taylor the gig and he had a Terod Taylor had to get hurt before he got in there? And he's he's young. Give him a break. They're three and two. Don't forget your own five. I'm sitting there one and four. I got my kid flying back from London. Another half of football in the first half. It was hot garbage. I'm waiting for it. Taking my lumps again. I'd love to be where you are, Cleveland fans. I didn't even expect to go off on oh, that. I mean, so now we got to reconfigure our rundown. I want to get to overreaction <laughs> Monday. That's we're gonna have to do that in hour number three, Chris, because I want to make sure there's enough real estate. Dang. Okay. Hey, yeah, man. I mean, I got some good ones. I week. know you do. So we'll do it later on. We got Austin Eckler coming up. I got phone calls, and I want to definitely get to the Urban Meyer stuff. That's coming up next. You can't move. All right, you can move. Don't move. <laughs> I'm in a mood now. 
<laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. We'll take your calls in a second. Austin Eckler, top of the hour. So yesterday, or pardon me, not yesterday. So last week, we had a conversation here about how big the Jacksonville Jaguar game was going to be this week because if the play on the field was so brutal and a total vote of no confidence, but their play on the field would be something that's, okay, the coach has totally lost this locker room. He's totally lost it. And you even asked that then, then I would think that they'd, they'd have no choice but to bounce Urban Meyer. Now, there's a bye week coming up after this upcoming game in London. This is another huge crossroads. Because they're not going to just fire him off of yesterday's game where it was the typical Derrick Henry blowing him out. They're not going to fire him before they go over to London and then have a bye week going to keep this all in place and hope that Trent Krim from the Independent, or all of them, Trent Grimm or whatever, from the Independent, isn't going to ask all these questions that gets everybody off kilter. And as you know, because of COVID, these teams only go, I think, right before the game or Friday or something yeah, like the that. Falcons, they used to, they used, on Thursday. Remember those days they used to go like the whole, the whole week. week? Like literally they'd already be there. Spend whole the whole week. week there and get used to it. Not anymore. You asked me, what about a moral victory? Would that be enough? And I said, yeah, it would be enough. And yesterday was tight until it wasn't. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence played well. Here's the issue now. When the coach says something and the quarterback says something else, this was Urban Meyer after the loss to fall to 0-5, and he just looks looks haggard is the only way to, to put it. At this point, uh, pretty desperate, uh, desperate for a win, desperate uh, the way they go to work each day, each, each week, desperate for a win. And, uh, you know, we can't worry about the past, worry about the future and uh, trip to London and try to get a win. Guys, are, you know, some, guys some guys are playing their tails off. And, uh, but, yeah, we're desperate for a win. So uh, the same question of how, you know, are, are you desperate? Because Urban spoke first and then Trevor Lawrence spoke second. So the same question was then asked of the quarterback. How desperate do you feel this locker room is? Can, do they, is it something y'all think about, talk about, or no? As far as, like, the streak or anything like yeah. that? No, I mean, no, we don't, we don't really talk about that. It's not something we you – know, I don't think that's, that's good to talk about that. And you can't get desperate, you know. you gotta, you got to just keep going to work and – 
uh, we're going to win some games. We're going we're going to turn it around and. You know, we all thought today was the day we we're going to get get that first win, and, and it wasn't. You know, we didn't execute enough down the stretch, but um, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to turn this thing around. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun when we do. Oh boy, coach says we're desperate. Quarterbacks is not now. Again, the streak is twenty. Uh-oh. The streak is twenty losses in a row from last year. Again, the last time they won was week one of last year. At least the Jets snuck their wins plural in at the end of last year. So it's not a, a losing streak that dates all the way back and. Trevor Lawrence was in college, and some of these kids were in college. So, of course, he's going to have a different point of view, and Urban didn't lose the first 15 games of that streak either, but these five are on him, and the last two are surrounding the video that came out from last weekend. So maybe that's why one guy is more desperate-sounding than the other. Because one who says we're not desperate, we're, we're, we're going to be fine, we're going to turn around and it's going to be great when we do, knows he's not going anywhere. He knows he's going nowhere. And he set up shop and he's just going to develop and that's the whole point of having a new coach with that guy because that new coach with a long contract is supposed to feel the same lack of pressure to win right now. Same lack of pressure should be coming. Nope. Because you're attached to the hip, you're in a honeymoon, and management knows the losses are going to come. Everybody knows. You draft first overall, rookie quarterback, you've never done it in the league. We're all cool because you're Urban Meyer, and that's Trevor Lawrence. That's the plan that we have. We're all good. One guy's now desperate. That's a problem. Certainly, if he feels desperate and the quarterback's trying to put his pretty cool for school attitude out there. All right. What about um, Carlos Hyde, by the way? who it seems like they can't quit. (laughs) Out there on the field, James Robinson once again having a remarkable game. They go for it on fourth down in a game where, you know, makes sense. Go for it, and you could be back in this thing. Go for it on fourth down, and they run it with Carlos Hyde. They don't sneak it with their quarterback right on the goal line. Why was the question asked of Urban Meyer? And the quarterback sneak, he's not quite comfortable with it yet. We've been practicing that. I know that might sound silly, but when you've never done it, um, it's something that uh, we need to continue to make that so you can make that call in that critical situation. All right, so there was that. Again, Trevor Lawrence came in next. Trevor was asked, are you, are you uncomfortable doing the quarterback sneak? Do you feel comfortable being under center in that situation for a quarterback sneak, or is that something you guys are still working on? No, I feel comfortable. Um, I mean, yeah, I, obviously I haven't really ran it before in, in a game, but no, I feel comfortable. It's something we've worked. So, you know, I, but we trust our guys up front. We trust our backs in that situation. Uh, obviously, you'd love to get in there, but if we make the play, you know, like it's like no one says anything, but it's a TFL, um, and that doesn't look great, obviously. So we all can get better, but no, QB sneak is always something that we can get to, and I feel comfortable with. TFL stands for uh, tackle for loss, not too effing late, which, mm-hmm. you know, apparently um, Trevor Lawrence's press conference was for the Jaguars to appear to be on the same page after yesterday's loss. Let me just say this, um, Chris. You haven't gotten to the point yet that Susie and I are at with parenting, mm-hmm. you and Sarah. At some point, Cage will be kg enough to talk 
and play you and Sarah off one another. That's going to happen. (laughs) Sarah tells Cage one thing. You then get Cage coming to you and saying, I want to do this thing. And you're like, sure, go ahead. (laughs) Not knowing that Sarah's already told Cage no. That's what this appears to be to me. Because Susie and I get together so we have a united front with our children. We get together. Like, literally, things happen and we update each other on what the kids have done so we're fully knowledgeable when we're in the arena with the children to be on the same page. How do you not get on the same page? Well, the game's just ended. The game's just ended. Totally get it. But if you're on the same page the other six and a half days of the week... You're going to wind up saying the same thing. Then the greatest thing that one of our children say to us in these situations is mom just said the same thing or dad just said the same thing. It's like, yes, that's functional. Dysfunctional is, yeah, we're desperate, says the guy with a long-term contract. And kid who just showed up, yeah, we're going to be good. We're not desperate. Yeah, it's all good. Desperate's not what we're talking about we're in this We're going to get room. wins. We know we're going to get them at some point. And then coach is like, yeah, kid's not comfortable under center. Makes sense. Guy's not under the center in college. He's always in the uh, the shotgun. Five weeks in and training camp in. Well, maybe those snaps went to Gardner Minshew, huh? Again, that's the that's the stuff that happens here. And I don't mean to kick anybody when they're down. But the result might have been close enough, and the bye week f- too far away for anything to be done right now. It doesn't sound great that the guy with the long-term contract is using the word desperate and the kid who's just lets it all go off his back is like, yeah, we'll be fine. Because that means things aren't really fine. Austin Eckler joining us next on The Rich Eisen Show.